You're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. Welcome to Life is Unfair, the Malcolm in the Middle podcast, where we are covering every episode one by one in chronological order. Today, we are talking about Traffic Ticket, which originally aired February 18th of 2001, was directed by Jeff Melman and written by Larry Strother. Hi, I'm Jake, and in the past 20 years, I've never admitted I was wrong, and from my perspective, I've never needed to. And I'm David, and this podcast is so great, so beautiful, and so wrong. (laughs) So to start the episode off, we of course have a cold open to cover. It's pretty good. It begins with Malcolm explaining the house rule, which is that you can't go for seconds until you've finished your first plate, but the second someone's fork leaves the perimeter of their plate, everything is fair game. Then he and Reese have a showdown over the last piece of chicken, where they are, like, sort of fencing with their swords, trying to get it. With their swords? Or, fuck. (laughs) Yes, with their swords. Nice. Yeah, that's usually what fencing's done with, Jake. With their forks, (laughs) also known as a food sword. No, that's very clearly a food, like, pitchfork or spear. Trident? Maybe. Yeah. Depends on the fork. True, I guess. Yeah, we're getting off topic already. (laughs) You're really bad at this. It's your fault. You should have corrected me. Okay. You should have known better. Well, you should have admitted you were wrong. Never. The fight ends with them accidentally catapulting the piece of chicken across the room. It lands under the couch. Ugh. And Reese and Malcolm both rush over and continue fighting over it. Yeah, it landed in Dewey territory, it, and they still... They really did. Dewey didn't even move. No. That's, that's character growth, David. It is. It's no more gross Dewey. I do love the idea of the Wilkerson's having rules of engagement for the dinner table. Yeah. Did you not have rules of engagement for your dinner table? I mean, you ate what was on your plate before you left, and you ate it, and you shut the fuck up. That was it. But David, Uh uh-huh. how do you decide, if you don't have a game in place, who does the dishes? It's it's whoever is the last one to finish eating and say time Uh is the loser and has to do dishes. Yeah, no, there was a much simpler system for that in my household, because... It was, David, you're doing the dishes because your older sister has to go to work and your little sister can't reach the sink. And it was bullshit. Well, that's boring. Correct. That's what I'm saying. But on to the episode proper. There's really only one plot line this time around. Francis kind of has his own, but it's so linked to the A plot that you can't really cover it separately. I was going to say, I I would disagree that he has his own. He's just an add-on to the main plot line. Kind of. He's the comedic relief. I guess. Well, him and Craig. <laughs> oh, Or Greg. boy. <laughs> but it begins with Lois at work helping a little old lady uh, check out. And she, uh, as she does, she reminds her, these are the pills that you take orally. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as the old lady leaves, the boys come over to the counter And Lois tells them she'll uh, be off work soon, and she sends them to look at magazines. In five minutes, she'll be off. Yes. Yeah. Very, very precise. Good job. What matters here in about three seconds. Uh, She sends the boys to read magazines, and she tells them that anything they break will come out of their allowance. And Reese says, we don't get allowance. And she says, and now you know why. (laughs) That seems appropriate. Once she's off work, they are going to go get their haircut. Uh, She is taking them to the barber school because it's free, and because she wants to support education. Yeah. Dewey is worried that they are going to plant his hair and make an evil Dewey. I want to see that timeline now. The timeline where we figure out how to plant hair and grow clones. Only your clone is always evil, unless you're the evil one. Then your clone's a good one. Maybe. I don't want the evil person to get a, another evil clone. That's just that's just unbalanced. I don't know. Or, or do they become, like, progressively more evil? 
Now that's interesting. I like that. I like that one. Okay. Okay. We'll go with that. Yeah. Man, there's a lot of sci-fi in this show. Did you know that? Alternate timelines, time travelers. Yeah. Now we got clones. Yeah, but apparently they're split timelines. It's crazy. Yeah, this is insane. Also, there's some meth cooking. Yeah, it's a weird show. Oh, God. <laughs> but Lois reassures Dewey that everything resets as a lie, and they <laughs> run off. Then cop comes through Lois's checkout line. Uh, he has a magazine and an iced tea. She rings him up, and they have, like, some small talk, and then he starts to walk away without pain, and she says the uh, total. It's like $6 and something. Yeah. I didn't memorize the actual t total. Oh, who's precise now? Not David. Also not Jake, but not David. Wow. I think <laughs> it's like $6.34. It's something like that, yeah. Yeah. And the cop explains that he has an arrangement with the assistant manager where you know, he, he doesn't pay for things. Well, he doesn't say that. Well, he says he has an arrangement with the assistant manager. Yes. The implication being that he doesn't pay for things. Yeah, well... And then Craig confirms that. Yes. <laughs> uh, because as Lois is uh, demanding that he pay like anyone else, Craig comes over and tells Lois that uh, she should let him go. It's the uh, police officer discount of 100%. And he ends up uh, leaving the magazine behind and paying for his iced tea. And Craig is upset because he, he explains to Lois that there's a system in place uh, where, where they let him, you know, take the occasional free candy bar, and in return, he protects the store. And Lois points out that they've been robbed five times the last six months, which is a nice little callback to robbery. Craig's excuse for that is, do you know how many stores give him free stuff? He can't be everywhere at once. God, gratuities are bad. If you accept them, you're bad. Yeah, I learned that from Bat. Yeah? Yep. I learned that, you know, in school, getting my degree. Wow, that's that's a waste of time. You could have just read Batman comics. <laughs> Jake, what do you think I did in school while I was getting my degree? What did you do in class? I read comics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wrote papers about comics. Yeah, I didn't do that. I wasn't that smart. I should have. That would have been great. Yeah, it's, it's good times. I recommend it. Yeah. No, instead, I was the dude who, like, waited until four hours before it was due and bullshitted the paper in the cafeteria while waiting for the next class. Oh, I did the same thing. It was just about comics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, then, as Lois is leaving work, taking the boys to get their hair cut, she gets pulled over, and she, you know, warns the boys to be on their best behavior. Uh, she says she doesn't want any of them to call the cop a pig, to say that they smell bacon, or to claim that they've been kidnapped. <laughs> I feel like, I, like, I know she doesn't, because she stays at the same angle the whole time, but I feel like she looks at Reese with that last one. Dude, my nieces and nephews used to love doing that. I stories. remember. It's the worst. I'm sure. I remember uh, some of the stories uh, you told me, like, especially when they were first started doing it. I was so scared you were going to get arrested one of these days. Yeah, if they, like, didn't want to leave yet or, like, I wasn't buying them something they wanted, they would just scream at the top of their lungs, help, I'm being kidnapped. You don't think I was, I don't think I was ever with you when they did that that one like i do remember junior like yelling something crazy in walmart and ditching us once but i think that was the only time i was with you for that fortunately i haven't gone to stores too often with you and your nieces and nephews because uh they're evil yeah 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 but the cop comes over and of course it is the same cop from before still with his iced tea in hand and he tells lois that he has pulled her over for obstructing traffic as a Volkswagen behind her had to veer out of the way and as she was pulling on out. its brakes. Yes. 
And of course, Lois is indignant, and she's immediately accusing the cop of doing this because she refused to let him have his stuff for free. Then he says that he, he's going to, you know, go run her place through the computer, and, and he warns her it'll be a while, it's a slow computer, and she's, you know, not worried about it. She has a spotless record. And it hard cuts to her being arrested and yelling that the computer is wrong. She can't have 16 unpaid parking tickets. Then the boys sort of watch while uh, Craig is there with them, saying he'll take them home. Reese uses this as an opportunity to tell Lois that he got kicked out of uh, shop class. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I wouldn't want him around heavy equipment. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, then as Lois is, like, getting emotional and explaining to Dewey that everything's going to be fine, he just does not care, and he just asks the cop if he'll turn the sirens on. Dewey doesn't grasp the concept of jail yet. He just sees cop car. Uh... Look, I, he probably has a concept of, like, loosely, like, jail, but, like, the actual what that means, I don't. I, I think is still beyond him. To some degree, sure. But a, as the cop car pulls away with the sirens... Blaring. Uh, Dewey is just excitedly making the siren sounds as well. <laughs> wee woo, wee woo. Uh, Dewey's so cute. Then uh, we see Hal and Lois arriving home from Hal bailing Lois out of jail, which he declares sexy. Well, it was sexy for me. Lois, uh, of course, does not find it sexy. She is not happy about it. In addition to, you know, explaining to Hal her theory that this cop was out to get her because of what happened at the checkout line. They start asking uh, where all these parking tickets came from. And we get another hard cut, this time to Francis on the phone, as they are asking how he got so many parking tickets. And he's explaining that, you know, uh, they, they have him at military school, and when he comes home, he just has to do so much extra living. He doesn't have time to look for legal parking. Lois tells him that he is going to have to pay all of these parking fines and to have their car uh, out of being impounded, which comes to $747.14. Yep. And, of course, Francis is uh, immediately saying he, he's not going to be able to come up with that much money and trying to get out of it. But Lois is having none of it. Can't come home till you get that money. That's right. Then we get a scene of Lois and Hal talking. Uh, Hal is telling her that they have really fun traffic schools now. Like, like there's a bowling traffic school, a cooking traffic school, and then he, last time he had to go, went to a comedy traffic school, and he starts to tell a joke. And Lois is not having it. Yeah, she says she is not going to traffic school, and Hal says it'll uh, cost her a point on her license if she does that. She says no, she's going to take it to court. And Hal looks worried. He is immediately not on board for this plan. Which, of course, upsets Lois, who says, you know, she has three witnesses uh, you know, referencing the boys, so she's not worried. And then we get, like, a little montage of each of the boys' perspective on what happened beforehand. Starts with Reese, who just hears Lois is saying blah, blah, blah as she's talking. He's, like, peeling gum off the bottom of his shoe. Then we get Malcolm's perspective. Uh, similarly, he uh, just hears Lois is saying quack, 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 and he is busy drawing on his arm with a pen. And then we get Dewey's perspective. <laughs> Which is just Lois in the passenger seat while Dewey drives, saying, Dewey, 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 Dewey. <laughs> I love that perspective, by the way. It was perfect. <laughs> 
then we back at the Lucky Aid. The same cop once again shows up and goes through Lois's line. And they have like a little back and forth as the uh, cop asks her how jail was. <laughs> she asks him, uh, you know, shouldn't he be out there planting drugs on someone? I love how casually he responds to. Like, I mean, I get it though. <laughs> it's dealing with people like that. It's, it's a common thing. Yes, but he does, in fact, pay full price for his iced tea. He does. Uh, then he leaves. Uh, but, but that, of course, just spurs Lois on in her indignant rage. That's right, because now he's clearly taunting her. Yes. Then we get a little scene of, uh, it starts with Lois sitting, like, with paper and some Hot Wheels, like, <laughs> recreating the scene. It's so good. <laughs> It's construction paper with, like, crayon-drawn roads, and uh, it's funny. Then uh, she's interrupted as Francis calls to tell her that he's going to send her $20 of goodwill money. Good faith. Good faith money, yes. And she says, that's great, only uh, $727 to go. <laughs> Francis says he'll never be able to get that much money. And he explains that between his, his school and his homework and his detention, <laughs> he only has like six free hours a week. Working minimum wage. He won't be uh, paid off until Thanksgiving of 2010. And Lois just says, great, bring the yams, and hangs up on him. And she has like a, a little moment of doubt as like she looks a little bit concerned at the phone for a second after hanging up. Then she like reassures herself, he'll come up with the money. The way he screams 2010, especially since we were watching it upstairs with my son crawling all over me, made me feel so old as I realized that his like distant fantasy like never gonna reach it future was 11 years ago <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep god then the next scene is malcolm is going to the lucky aid he's looking for craig i don't remember the actual reason he was looking for craig malcolm yeah he, he mentions it to the employee talks but i don't remember what it was i don't either think he was getting something for less i don't remember it doesn't really matter it doesn't no it doesn't add any context but now I'm upset that I can't remember. Thanks for bringing it up. You're welcome. I hate you. But Malcolm, when he asks the employee you know, where Craig is, he doesn't know who he's talking about. And Malcolm says, you know, the big guy. He smells like cabbage. <laughs> and then they direct him uh, to the back room. <sighs> yes, I like I like the idea of some of the employees just not knowing who Craig is. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. They probably definitely don't know his name. Yeah, and I feel like, especially like this is a young kid, he, he's probably like, that we've never seen before, so he's probably like only known, you know, assistant manager Craig. Right. Who I feel like would make any like especially new employees call him Mr. Feldspar. Wow. He, he just, it just seems like a Craig move. Yeah, no, you're right. You gotta get in on the ground level with these new recruits, Jake. Exactly. You gotta command respect. If they don't respect you, it's anarchy, Lois. But when Malcolm goes into the back, he finds Craig, who is watching security footage of a woman as she is bending over to the bottom shelf, picking stuff up. Uh, yeah. <sighs> he, like, initially, like, just dismisses Malcolm when Malcolm comes up and starts talking to him. Then when Malcolm asks what he's doing, he, like, realizes he's been caught and, like, panics. It says he, he was just watching security footage. And Malcolm, like, looks at it and, and notices a shoplifter and points it out to Craig. He says, oh, I never noticed that. I'm going to have to watch all of her other tapes. Yeah, that's uh, right after Craig has told Malcolm that, you know, he's watching the tapes to look for patterns to see yes. if he can detect any shoplifting. 
that Malcolm notices Craig has like a whole stack of labeled security tapes. Oh uh, God! Yeah, they're uh, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> So they are all clearly labeled, like, from Craig's pervy perspective. Things like girl in low-cut blouse. Hot mom. Cheerleaders shopping as one. Stuff like that. Yep, it's basically your Pornhub browser now. Kinda, yeah. 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 It's the 2001 equivalent. (laughs) Yeah. It gets worse, too, because the next line, or the next exchange, makes it even worse. Yeah. But Malcolm... Asks, uh, you know, where... He says, oh, are there cameras everywhere here? And Craig says, yeah, they're all over the place. So the ATM... Fuck, what's, what's the other non-pervy one? He says, the ATM... I think the checkout lines, maybe? And the bath. They're all over the place. Yeah. And Malcolm asks if there's one uh, that, you know, looks out on the parking lot. And Craig says there is. So they watch the tape. They, Of course, Malcolm is looking for, you know, the uh, incident... Of Lois being pulled over, but Craig, like, starts to, uh, he, he initially presses play, and when Malcolm asks why, he says, oh, that lady just dropped a can under her car. He's clearly excited about watching this woman bend over to try to get it. And then, like, remembering Malcolm is there, he fast-forwards again until they get to, uh, Lois pulling out. They watch the tape, and they see, like, right as Lois is pulling out into the street, a car, like, comes into frame behind her and slams on the brake and, like, sort of swerves off. Which, of course, makes it look like Lois is guilty, which Malcolm pretty much immediately gets excited about. I love the way they do this scene, because Malcolm's face is, like, at first you think, oh, look, Malcolm's gonna help his mom. He's gonna take the tape. And then he realizes, like, you can see as, like, it dawns on his face before they cut away that he is reveling at the the realization that Lois is wrong. Uh-huh. And then you go and open up into the next scene where he's talking to Reese, and he is ecstatic he has he has gone past the revelation and the the contemplation stages and now he is just in pure euphoric bliss at this yes and so is reese yeah he's doing his creepy ass laugh again (laughs) yep and their inability to keep from smiling yes they are debating when they should show lois the tape reese wants to save it until they're getting in trouble for something Uh, And then rub it in her face. Malcolm thinks it's better to do it while it's still fresh. I mean, sure, I guess. Look. Then we go to Lois and Hal as Hal is coming home from a good day at work. Because the fire extinguisher went off during the morning meeting, and he got the last Snickers out of the vending machine. Thought it was the fire alarm. What did I say? You said fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah. It's like fire extinguishers don't just randomly go off. But Lois uh, questions who Susan King is. Chow immediately, like, get gets super just rigid and, and, like, jumps as he, like, turns back to look at her when she says the name. And is just immediately, very obviously guilty. Right, yeah. I love the drama of this scene because it's very purposely played out to, you know, have the, like, ah, he's she's caught your mitri- miss... F- okay, so apparently the English language is not with me tonight. Oh, yeah, neither of us can talk tonight. No. Which is great for a podcast. Yeah, Talking clearly. not important at all for Exactly, that. right? It's all visual. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. But no, so Lois is sitting there and uh, she has this, you know, the like, ah, I found your mistress kind of like look and set up to the scene. And then Hal reveals that she's the uh, insurance agent. Yes, because Hal has been going behind Lois's back to find out what it's going to do to their insurance rates if she loses her trial. Which I find perfectly prudent and yeah, good absolutely. on you, Hal. But Lois... Lois is upset because she thinks it means Hal doesn't have faith in her, and Hal insists it's not that he doesn't have faith in the rest of the world. Which I mean fair. Yeah. But also could cover. Man, Hal's so smooth. <laughs> then as this uh, argument between Hal and Lois is escalating, with, you know, Lois insisting that she needs support from her family, Malcolm and Reese come out with the tape, prepared to show it to her. But as they're, like, standing there, she says, yo, she's so certain she was right, she would bet her children's life on it. Then she, like, turns to the boys and asks what they're doing there. Uh, and it is just Malcolm. He, he, like, looks over to where Reese was standing, and he's just gone. And Malcolm hides the tape behind his back and says, uh, nothing, and chickens out. Then... Uh, Malcolm and Reese are discussing, you know, what they want to do now with the tape. Reese just keeps saying, not it, anytime Malcolm comes up with a plan. And Malcolm, like, tries to trick him by saying they're going to need someone not to give the tape to Lois. But, uh, when he does, Reese says, I'm it. <laughs> and Malcolm, like, starts to do the gotcha before realizing that he didn't. Yeah, I, I love this scene. It's nice to see Reese get to outsmart Malcolm. Yeah, doesn't happen often. No, how could it? Then... We go back to Francis, who is has a bunch of cadets gathered around. And he wants them to pay $50 a piece to watch him jump from the roof of the dorms to the roof of the gym on the Academy's riding lawnmower. Which, I, at this point, I just like to assume that that's the one that Spangler got into the injury. Like, the accident that injured him. Sure. With. Why not? That's that's my canon for this. I don't care if it actually is. One of the other cadets you know, asked him if he's going to do it with the uh, grass clipping case thingy. I can't remember the name of. The mulcher? Or no. the bagging unit? That's They they don't call it either of those things. But it, it's it's the bagging unit. It, it's the, the bag that, like, on a riding mower, the, the stuff goes in. Or the mulcher. No, mulcher is something else, first of all. I know it is. Second of all, they don't call it either of I don't remember what they call it, but it's neither I of them. I could sworn he asked if he was going to do it with the mulcher on it. No. Really? I think they call it, like, the clipping bag or something like that. I don't remember him saying the word clipping. It was something along those lines. I just know it wasn't mulcher. Well, that irritates me, because that's the type of detail that I would normally be able to remember about this show. But, uh, I wasn't able to pay full enough attention. But regardless, Francis says no, because it'll cause too much drag. Yeah. But... He does throw in to sweeten the deal because they're worried it just sounds too easy that for an extra five dollars he'll do it blindfolded. <laughs> then Do they call it a grass catcher? May. That, that it could be that. I think I think that's what they call it. So I I, I, I am replaying that scene in my mind because I got the immediate visual and then Francis's line about the drag, and I was like, Yeah, he's right. Plus it's a bunch of extra weight in the rear. I got a very clear visual image during this part of the episode of how Francis was going to jump from one to the other and how badly it was going to fail. Okay. Also, again, this is the type of stupid inane detail that sticks with me. I know, you're usually much better at remembering, like, specific lines. Yeah, I, I usually am. I also usually am not trying to keep my toddler from bashing his head into the couch while we're watching it, so... Yeah, fair. Yeah. 
But uh, he, uh, as he like uh, offers the blindfold bane, he goes over to the phone and uh, answers it as he has a call. And it is Malcolm who is calling Francis for advice of what to do with the tape situation. Of course, as soon as he explains it, Francis says, why are you talking to me? <laughs> you should be rubbing this in her face. Mom was wrong. Yeah, so that the next time she uh, tries to yell at them, they can bring this up and uh, rub it in her face. Then with uh, Malcolm deciding not to do that, because he's worried that Lois will uh, kill the messenger and he's the messenger. <laughs> That's fair. He goes to Hal. They show the tape to Hal to get his perspective on it. They, you know, say that they're going to have to show it to Lois and uh, his immediate response is, not it. <laughs> Just like Reese. <laughs> yes. Very quickly. Stands up. Not it. Uh, but as they are discussing, uh, you know, when they should show this to her, uh, Lois comes in, Tal very quickly uh, ejects the tape and hides it, like, in Dewey's pants and under his shirt. <laughs> then uh, Lois comes in saying that she thinks the cop that pulled her over followed her home, which, of course, Hal immediately starts reassuring her that, you know, he, uh, that she, she's going crazy, she's being paranoid. <laughs> then about that time, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> Lois says, I told you so. And of course, she is right. It is the cop, as he is there to uh, give her his report. Records. Or yes, records. Yeah. Sorry. She wants his service record. Yeah. She wants to. She wants to look at all of you know his disciplinaries and stuff like that. She wants to. She wants to see. Like that used to be a thing you could do. It was like. Now, can you not do that anymore? Uh, some places, yes. Some places, no. Uh, depends on the state. Honestly, I don't know in our state. I've never tried. Well, I'm not worried about our state. Worried about, you know, potentially in 2001, if that was the case in, say, maybe Oklahoma or California. Oklahoma? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I mean, probably in 2001 still. Especially if they are in Oklahoma. This is pre-9-11. Mm-hmm. So... This is still community in the policing era. It's starting to burn out, but you don't have the takeover of the national security mindset and mentality and training. Yeah, no, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I almost guarantee in Oklahoma, yeah, you could get a cop's record and, and basically his HR file, a uh, fit for public version. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't have like his personal details and his social and stuff. But right. Yeah, it would have a list of his accommodations and also uh, reprimands and things like that and case history and yeah, yeah, that sounds super feasible. Okay, uh, but he, he gives her those records and he uh, says that they have a nice home which Lois takes as a threat. <laughs> I think she'd have taken anything he said as a threat. Well, I mean, it, it does like fit sort of with, with like the, well, like how Cra Craig's deal is very like mafia-esque. Uh, and like the you know protection scheme kind of deal, I guess. But and, and this like is like a very like I feel like it's Lois taking it as the like stereotypical mafia nice place you got here. Be a shame if something happened to it. Maybe I just like you got to remember this is two thousand one. There's a very different attitude than there is now. Like people would absolutely flip out if a cop followed them home today. Well, tr uh, like, I get what you're saying from the general culture, but we've already seen in the past that Lois does have a distrust of cops. She does. She has a distrust of pretty much every authority figure. Because because she is the authority figure. Yeah, that's what I was 100% about <laughs> to go there. Yeah, I mean, you know, any authority figure above her, she distrusts because clearly they aren't as good as her. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real Jake complex. I'm just saying that's what it is. Um, in well, fact, I believe... When you're right all the time, you don't need to worry about authority figures. Lois, of course, starts freaking out and screaming at this cop until he leaves. 
Then, as she, like, slams the door, Hal says, we have something you should see. <laughs> and they show her the tape. And her reaction to it? Priceless. It's he, such a Jake reaction. Yes, yeah, she immediately just says, it's wrong. The tape is wrong. <laughs> and then gets up and walks away. Uh-huh. Not even, like, storms off mad or embarrassed. or No, she just very matter-of-factly gets up and walks off. And boys are flabbergasted. Yes, and Hal, like, tries to, like, support her and, like, rationalize this, and he, he can't finish the sentence. <laughs> he just says, well, she, she's right, boys. The tape is... Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to their room where uh, Lois is folding laundry on, like, a very distraught manner. And, you know, she, she's explaining her perspective. You know, she she saw the tape. She knows what it looks like. You know, she just knows deep down that she is right. She's not wrong. Somehow this tape is wrong. Uh, it's, it's not doctored. She knows that. Uh, it's just wrong. And Hal is uh, telling her that she, j just this once, she, you know, needs to let it go. O other people, you know, tend to believe what they see. She hasn't admitted she's been wrong in 20 years, and to his knowledge, she hasn't needed to. But this time, she she needs to just let it go and uh, admit that even though she, you know, is certain that she's right, she needs to admit that she's wrong. They, they like, hug, and Lois finally manages to admit that she is wrong. And Hal comforts her, and that's where you get my intro line. <laughs> he's so, he's so nice to her. Hal uh, is a good husband. Then we get, like, a little bit of the boys taking advantage of Lois's newfound fallibility. Uh. She's yelling at them that uh, uh, someone left the fridge door open, and Dewey immediately says, That was you, Mom. And she says, Oh, well, maybe it was. I mean, to be fair, she was the only one in the kitchen. That, that's some real Among Us logic, David. One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two. She was the only one in the kitchen. Door was open. I mean, she could be guilty. <sighs> Plus, you have someone with an impeccable record going against someone who just very clearly had to admit they were wrong. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Dewey's record is not impeccable. Oh, it is. No. Yeah, it is. No. Yep. It is, though. No. Yeah. Ugh. Then Francis calls. He's very excited. I uh, didn't write this value down, but he I think he's $128 or something like that. It was Yeah, it's close to that, actually. He yeah. got really close. That, that he has earned, presumably, from his stunt. Lois uh, apologizes. You know, she says she's sorry she got so mad and said he couldn't come home. He can use that money to come home this weekend. Uh, you know, she, he doesn't need to worry about it. And she uh, hangs up because she has to go to traffic school. Then ba back on Francis, it zooms out to reveal one of his, or uh, both of his arms and one of his legs are broken and he's sitting in a wheelchair. And he's all casted up. Craig arrives with a second tape. He has a deal where he exchanges tapes with the guy who works at the Mini Mart across the street to uh, compare uh, security measures, I think is his excuse this time. Well, something. I mean, that was his excuse both times. Yeah, I think it's it, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> Then uh, Hal looks at the title of the tape and says, Short Skirt, Windy Day? And Craig says, That's code. Yeah. <laughs> but he has another tape that uh, you know shows what happened, and it proves that Lois is innocent. And they watch the tape, and uh, you see the car that uh, slammed on the brakes behind Lois do a U-turn in the middle of the street. That's why they weren't there when uh, Lois looked to her left, and they ha had to like slam on the brakes and veer off like that. Yeah, because they were driving like a jerk. Yes. Yeah, which also, by the way, makes this cop a jerk. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which I'm okay with, because he was an asshole. Yeah. And he was accepting gratuities, so... Yeah. Shitty cop anyways. <laughs> yeah, Lois was right. Yeah, I know. But I, you look, can never tell her. Hashtag Lois is always right. No. <laughs> She's wrong sometimes, no? Jake. No? Yes. No? We're going to ignore all the all those times and say hashtag Lois is always right. I hate you. <laughs> but Hal, uh, like uh, upon seeing this, just silently stands up, walks over to the VCR, ejects the tape, throws it to the ground, and stomps on it. <laughs> Yeah. And Craig is, like, flabbergasted, asking what he's doing. You know, this uh, proves Lois was right all along. And Hal and all of the boys just, like, form a semicircle around him and tell him he's never going to tell Lois what happened. Yep. Such a good ending to an episode. And, and that's how it ends. Yep. <laughs> with them threatening Craig into silence. Good for them. So with that, let's go to our awards. <laughs> Awards. And uh, let's go ahead and go straight into our Roller Skating Keen Award, our award for the best visual moment. Well, that's perfect, because we were actually just talking about mine. Same. Okay, so the the scene where the boys and Hal are threatening Craig is so good. It's very, like, they have almost like a Bohemian Rhapsody cover uh, sort of layout going with, like, Dewey standing in the middle. And I don't remember the term for the lighting. I've been doing a lot of retraining my brain on that kind of stuff. It's not Rembrandt lighting because that's from the side. But it's it's you know they're they've got the under lighting is coming up, casting a shadow on on their uh, like chins and stuff, and it's very ominous looking lighting. And uh, yeah, you know they're leaning into Craig, and it's kind of a fish eyed lens. It's super cool and makes them look really ominous. And and Hal has a piece of the the cassette in one hand, almost like a knife, and then like the guts of the tape with the old you know string and and actual film going to the other hand where he has the rest of the tape in his hand leaning in close to craig <laughs> and craig's just absolute look of utter fear yep uh that was my first choice as well but my backup is the uh like actual security footage tapes and the way that they did those like especially like the difference between the first one and the second one specifically mm. uh they did a really good job of like having them both from like angles that it actually makes sense that right. like watching the first one it very clearly looks like lois is to blame for this thing uh but then it still makes sense when you see the second one uh, just because of the way the cameras are placed it makes sense that, you know, you wouldn't see the U-turn happening and stuff uh, because of when the car comes into frame on the original tape. Yes. And uh, with that, I actually would like to roll into another award because it ties immediately to that. Go for it. Uh, and that's the our OK Boomer Award, uh, which mine was the VCR security tapes and the cameras attached to them because... Uh, and, and that's where I was going to talk about this. The, you're exactly right. It, it looks super believable. The angles are great. And... They very clearly used narrower lenses like what you saw on security cameras back in the day. Yeah, and it's also like the specific, like, weird, ugly black and white that a lot of security uh, cameras... Mm -hmm. 
uh, like footage looks like from back then. Yeah, it's it's the real grainy, um, very low uh, resolution, highly pixelated images. Yeah. You also had a lot of actual like just straight up film grain from like low quality VHSs and and recording equipment. But yes, these are very clearly lower cost, older security cams, like what you would see in businesses like this all the time. And I love the 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 angles are exactly like what you said. They're perfect because it having again worked private security for forever it is exactly what happens when like someone who doesn't know about security cameras like sets up cameras they don't give you enough information they just look at the thing that they care about it's like well we can see our parking lot okay yeah but can you see anyone coming into it can you see anyone going out of it no okay well your camera's kind of useless then but uh and you don't have like the super wide angle lenses like what i get spoiled with and have now it just it's great and it's so 2001 um realistically the technology is like early 90s right but that's what makes it so perfect for this like that that was the the grocery store security i guarantee oh yeah for sure <laughs> I, that, that was also my first choice for okay boomer but i do, <laughs> I do have a backup uh, it's a much smaller much more specific thing but when the cop you know the, the second time he's there and he pays for his iced tea uh-huh uh, he says he's you know going to pay he's gonna pay full price for this iced tea mm-hmm. he hands lois a one dollar bill and gets change back <laughs> Yup. Back when you could buy a tea for 75 cents. <laughs> uh, specifically, a plastic bottle tea. Mm-hmm. You, you can still get, like, the cans of tea for super cheap. You can get one brand of canned tea super cheap. You can get the only brand of canned tea that matters for super cheap. Fair. <laughs> hey, I like Arizona tea. Yeah, Arizona tea's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it looks like a brisk tea, almost. Yeah. Uh, or like a Lipton. Yeah. Actually, almost more like a Lipton. Sure. I used to drink a lot of tea, man. Either way, I just know any 20-ounce drink you buy uh, at a grocery store is going to cost you more than a dollar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't buy anything for a dollar anymore, Jake. Except Arizona tea. Except Arizona tea. It's on the can. Yeah. They're legally required to you know, only charge cents. you. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the most they can charge you. Some places charge you less because they buy it in bulk. Well, what did you have for your hot dog with mustard on it award? Your award for the best lie. This one was hard. I struggled with this one. I still, even after erasing, I still have three different possibilities. So why don't you go ahead and say yours? Okay. Mine comes from when Malcolm is talking to Francis about what to do with the tape. uh, And Malcolm is deciding not to do it. Uh, Malcolm says, you're asking me to commit suicide. And Francis' response to that is just, and think of the look on her face. (laughs) Yep, that sounds right. That sounds like something you'd say. Uh-huh. You know, I, I had, like I said, m- multiple lines. But the one that I, I won out uh, is from near the beginning of the episode where Lois tells Dewey, remember, we've discussed this. Everything that comes out of Reese's mouth is a lie. I just absolutely love that. And who did you have as your favorite character? Dewey. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously, I really like Hal in this, but I I love his face when they're threatening Craig, because even he's getting in on it. It's very clear he doesn't really understand it, but, like, as they lean in, like, he starts to get just this menacing face, and I love it. His interaction with the cop car, because I get it. I, I was... Look, I was the kid who was obsessed with cop cars 
when I was his age. Like, I, I just wanted to see the lights and sirens. I, too, would have completely forgotten about what was going on <laughs> and not thought about the ramifications of it. I'd have been paying attention to the lights and sirens. Cop cars were cool. And uh, just Dewey's general angelicness. I, I just, I don't know. Like, okay, I like that. It was him or uh, Francis for a little while. Interesting. Yeah, I know. You thought I was going to choose Hal again. I, I 100% I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I can't choose Hal every episode, Jake. Fair enough, I guess. Because <laughs> I did think about it. I chose Lois as my favorite character for the episode. I, I really like seeing Lois in, like, outside of the household conflicts. Fair. I like this version of Lois, Lois, who's, you know, sticking to her guns and j- just uh, insisting on her worldview. Oh, you mean insisting on being right even when you're wrong and you know you're wrong? But, but, she's not wrong. <laughs> That's the thing, David. Regardless, Jake, she doesn't know that. Yeah, and, and I actually did choose her partially because I do think it's, a, like, an important lesson for that kind of character. Uh, really? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Interesting. Go on. <laughs> I have like a very, a fairly serious point to make with this, but your indignation is, is amusing me much more. Uh huh. That's because how many how many times do you insist you're right, even after being shown proof? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But here's here's the difference. I don't actually believe I'm right. I just enjoy lying. <laughs> Motivation, I think, doesn't matter as much. To me, at this current moment, uh huh, yeah, it might matter in fixing the problem. Oh, but... oh no, I, I in like a broader, like you know, philosophical way, I agree with you. Yeah, but you know, it's just so much fun for me. I'm going to keep doing it. I bet I hate you so much. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll call that a that that good for that award. That, that's why I chose Lois in broad strokes. She's pretty good. Like I. I don't I don't blame you. Also, she is you, so and you are Lois. A little bit. Oh, in this episode, a lot of bit. A little bit. A lot of bit. A little bit. Really? Ooh. <laughs> I could pull Twitch clips for days that would support you being Lois in this. Well, yeah, but again, that's because it's a bit for me. If it's a bit the more obvious it is that I'm wrong, uh-huh. the more facts are laid in front of me proving indisputably that I'm wrong, the funnier it is to me to just go. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I'm right, though. I hate you so <laughs> But he does that even when we're not making content, when we're not recording this podcast, when we're not yeah. streaming, when we're not making videos. He does it in real life. Listen, I, I don't believe that bits should be, you know, exclusively a thing to amuse other people. Uh, tr- the, the most pure bit is the kind that you do all the time. No matter what, you, you know, know when the the the, 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 tr- the bits that define us, David, are the bits we do when no one is watching. <laughs> I want to hit you with that bottle right now, so badly. Also, you basically remind me right now of the way Jeff from uh, the Face Podcast and, and Rooster Teeth describes like pre-army himself. You just want to really make yourself laugh. Yes. Yeah. I hate you so much. Uh, <laughs> and, and I will torture either myself or anyone around me for that purpose. I know. I know. I know. It's a good way to live. I recommend it. The rest of us can't do that. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's let's move on. Uh, obviously, there is no A-plot of the heart this time, as there is only One an A-plot. Plot. Yeah. 
But we do still have our shittiest and least shitty kid. Ah, uh, yes. Let's see if Josh and Des Moines will uh, weigh in. Uh, who did you have as your shittiest kid? Reese. Okay. What did Reese do that was exceptionally shitty to earn uh, this award? So there's the cold open, mm -hmm. uh, which earned both Reese and Malcolm a shitty kid point. Yeah. Uh, Admittedly, I, I didn't consider the cold open when I was thinking about this uh, i literally so i've come up with a system now i i don't know how long i'll stick with it but i came up with it after the last episode uh where i'm gonna start tracking points for each of the boys i'm just gonna give the award to whoever has the most points okay or whoever i think is gonna make you the maddest for me to give it to it's it's not a perfect system but <laughs> so he got a point for the uh the cold open mm -hmm. and, and the chicken under the couch which is disgusting yes he got a point for abandoning malcolm <laughs> okay the, i guess Yes. When they went to show the, the tape. I, I also considered that one. He got a point and a half for the uh, whole police car getting kicked out of shop class, taking advantage of Lois thing. Um, also, there was the part where he uh, wanted to save the tape and use it to get out of trouble later and then rub it in uh, Lois's face, which Francis also got that same point later on. Uh -huh. So you combine that with just all the other normal Reese shitty things that he does in this episode, and uh, yeah, Reese is shittiest kid. Okay, that's a, a, a compelling argument. I chose Francis. I thought about Francis, but realistically, the only shitty thing Francis does is try to rub it in his mom's face. And get out of paying and her back. And get 16 parking tickets and not, not both not pay them and not tell anyone, including the people who own the car he got the tickets in, yeah. which was the main thing I chose Francis for. Okay. That, I mean, that's fair. It's also very Francis behavior. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, this is not, I feel like we're, we're on kind of a streak where the kids aren't misbehaving nearly as bad as they usually do. Right, yeah, we don't have anyone who's really head and shoulders among the rest. Yeah, which uh, I don't remember anything super awful for the next episode either, but the one after that, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, 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 we're gonna get a, a, a big one. Interesting. We're, we're gonna get, like, one of the contenders for, like, worst things done in the series. Interesting. But yes, I, uh, yeah, I, I had to give it to Reese. So, shittiest yeah. kid Reese. Uh, I mean, shittiest kid Francis, but you know, Reese is an okay section, second option. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, you mean first? No. Calm uh, down, and Josh. who did you have for your least shitty kid? Uh, Dewey. Correct. Clearly. Yeah. I I was I was a little bit torn between Dewey and Malcolm, and sort of going back and forth, like even as we were doing the episode. But I bet the, it's the, the same reason I the, didn't the, give it to the him. The thing that you reminded me of uh -huh. that 100% solidified Dewey's. Because I, I wasn't, you know, when I was thinking about this, thinking about the cold open mm -hmm. and the gross point. Tips the scale. So I'm giving Dewey Lee Shitty Kid. There you go. All right. See, I I remembered. There we go. That's it. Well. That's the, that's, that's it. That's it. That's all got, the segments. We've got one last segment. David's favorite segment. No. David's that's, guessing game. I, I don't think you're right i don't i don't know why you're so worried about it. you you've been doing a great job recently have i and, yeah and uh this episode included uh, so you, you had a, a pretty uh brief but a pretty accurate guess for what this episode would be so uh, you, you guessed that it would be lois who got the ticket true you guessed that the episode would center around her going to court over it mm -hmm. uh the only detail you gave that was incorrect is that you thought she would try to hide it from the rest of the family i did uh, which obviously was not the case, but 
uh, other than that, you you pretty much got the entire episode. So I am going to give you a 92%. Dude, I'm getting good at this. You, you really are. Uh, some would say too good. Some would what? say maybe you're cheating. What? Some would maybe say, you know, uh, that you maybe are reading the episode descriptions ahead of time. I'm not saying that that specific accus- accusation has been made by Simon, but Simon accused you of that. Did he? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Huh. Okay, Simon. Simon, okay. Okay, Simon. So to look ahead at the next episode, what do you think happens in surgery? Oh, shit. Surgery? That's all I... That's surgery, all they give me? That, that's all you get. That's... It's a tough one. That's... Th- 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 this, to me, will be like the, the stronger test of is David cheating? If you nail this one, I'm gonna be... I, I'm gonna be a little suspicious. Fair. <laughs> surgery. Well, obviously, someone's going to be hospitalized. Okay. None of the boys do anything particularly shitty. You gave me that hint already. True. I don't think it's going to be Hal and Lois. We've had a lot of them. The show kind of tends to track trends. Who would go... So Dewey's accident prone. Malcolm's a klutz. Reese is an idiot. But if Reese was going to be put in the hospital, it would probably be someone else putting Reese in the hospital. Maybe Francis? No... Maybe. We haven't had, hmm. We haven't had, like, a Francis primary episode in a while. Yeah, not since Halloween approximately. Uh-huh. Huh. So, I want to say it's Malcolm or Francis. I don't know which. Okay. But one of those two is going to end up getting surgery. And it's going to lead to... I don't even know. God, there's so many ways they could go with that. It could be super expensive and Lois and Hal have to work extra hours again and we see that. Do we see the return of Grandma here? Is like forced need of babysitting? I don't know. That would be interesting. But no, I feel like that's too soon. I feel like I have to say every thought that's coming into my head out loud to prove all these deniers wrong that I'm not cheating and I just am literally trying to use deductive reasoning and trends that are in the show oh, yeah, yeah. to guess these. No, no, no. I, I, I like this process. Yeah, it's it's Malcolm or Francis. I, I, I'm not confident enough to say which, okay. but I, it, it'll be one of those two. They're going to be hospitalized for some surgery, and I think we're probably going to see a return of, like, a three-parter of, as far as, like, we'll probably have three plot lines again. We haven't had that really succinctly in a while. Okay. So maybe, you know what, yeah, because of that, I'm going to say it's Malcolm. Okay. I'm going to say there's probably going to be three plot lines again. Uh, Francis is going to be off doing his shenanigans, and because Malcolm is hospitalized, he's going to need Lois and Hal's help with something, or he's going to need some sort of help from the family, and once again, they're not going to be there for him because Malcolm is going to be in the hospital, and they're being there and being supportive of Malcolm, and then some other random thing's going to be happening, maybe maybe more lucky aid, maybe we get more craig which would be cool and so maybe there's a lowest plot line i have no fucking clue what that would be if it is there okay so there you go i got all that off of surgery okay you're welcome what do you think the surgery is going to be oh shit okay well so i've already sunk my bed and said that it's malcolm yep he's a young kid so tonsils gallbladder appendix I don't think it's going to be anything serious or broken arms, but I don't think they would do... I'm going to say appendix or tonsils. Okay. Uh, most common, too, that are considered minor surgery. Gotcha. I, I don't think we're in a position where they're going to where it's going to be a 
major surgery. Fair enough. So it'll be like the Seinfeld episode where George's tonsils grow back. They have to have them removed again. Wouldn't know. I know, David. I know. Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email where we are lifeisunfairpod at gmail.com or on Twitter where we are unfair underscore podcast, uh, which we also put up weekly polls for shittiest and least shitty kid, as well as any other random things from the episode we decide to make into polls. And if you like the banter back and forth and want to chat with us live, head on over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray where we play video games, have conversations, and interact with you guys and answer questions that you guys might have. Uh, Thanks for listening, and remember, life is unfair.